Hello, everybody out there. It is Christopher Tompkins, the official Bulletproof Marketer. I'm coming to you today. Hope everybody out there is doing great and doing well. Uh, Bulletproof Marketer, as you know, no BS marketing advice for marketers by marketers. Um, I'm going to be leading the charge against terrible marketing advice. So once again, in today's episode, it's going to be more of that. I have a really exciting show today because I'm talking to some really smart people. I like talking to smart people because it makes me really excited. So you will notice my demeanor during these interviews, I'm sure, are going to be very excitable because I'm talking about marketing trends, foundational marketing, uh, marketing tactics, everything that makes me as a total nerd of digital marketing get really, really excited. So I have two fantastic um, guest segments today for you. Um, I packed in two today because they are too good to spread out. The first one is going to be with Shreya and Paul Counts. They're co-founders of Marketing Counts. And they're going to be talking about how the letters FTE can transform a business or organization. Spoiler alert, it has to do with your marketing foundations. Oh my God, you know I love marketing foundations. I mean, that's that's a crazy thing to say. I never thought like as a teenager, I'd be like, oh, oh I'm going to tell the world how much I love foundational marketing. But I'm going to talk about it today with um, with both of them. They are fantastic and super smart, which I love talking to. Um, and then um, we're going to be talking uh, to Daryl Kieser, who's the CEO and founder of Candy Box Marketing. And he's another smart cookie. And he's going to be talking about digital marketing. We're going to be talking about trends, tactics, our takes on things, and a whole lot more. So those are going to be some fantastic interview segments coming up. Um, we're going to be starting up next with a BPM trend spotter segment where I picked out some of the news that came out from our newsletter that you might find interesting. You will, and you should listen. That's why I'm picking it. And then um, in between our interviews, we'll talk about the silver bullet, and then we'll do a little bit of a wrap up at the end. So that's the show that's coming your way. Um, again, folks, if you want to join the, the, the train, <laughs> the train, I don't know if that's a, what we should be calling it. Um, the, uh, the, the inner circle, I don't know. Anyway, if you want to learn more about the Bulletproof Marketer and get into um, our newsletter, uh, all you have to do is go to my agency, which is the Go Agency. We're a digital marketing agency. Um, go there and on our website, we have a sign up form that just pops up real fast. So it's going to be there for you. You can't miss it. Just throw your email address in. I'm not asking for your life. Um, put that in there and then you'll be on the rotation of the email newsletter comes out Monday through Friday. It is packed with basically all of the best news that I see fit to print from my opinion. So I'm very opinionated, as you know, can be a little snarky and I don't love everything. So if everyone's saying X is the most important thing, I'm probably going to say X sucks and here's why. So if you do like a counterpoint to uh, what's going on out there, I hope to provide that in a positive fashion. Um, so yeah, so definitely go to gosalesandmarketing.com. Check it out. We're also on Twitter. You can get in touch with us there. Just, you know, please let us know if there's any um, topics that you want to cover or if you know anybody that would like to be a guest or be a sponsor of our show. So let's stop talking about that and let's get into the BPM trend spotter. So... Um, this is where we cover the most interesting news and trends that have developed over the last few days. Um, and of course, I want to give my spin on them. 
So I've been looking at our newsletter because we have internal trend spotting. Like I've told you many times, my team does that every single morning and I get the best news um, and the best trends that are most important. And then that's what goes out obviously in our newsletter, but I also get to cherry pick things. So you get a little bit more um, uh, of my ideas and my coverage of them in our podcast. So let's go into the first story that I thought was kind of interesting. There's no real order to these um, this week because I felt like I tried to order our stories um, in previous weeks. And I don't know, I felt it was a little bit too, uh, too perfect. I think let's do something that's a little bit more jarring. How about that? Let's, let's disrupt. Um, so the first one is from Marketing Tech Magazine and online, and it's most marketers are unhappy with their marketing automation platforms. Just to see this article, by the way, if I'm, I'm looking at it right now, a sad pug is the lead picture on this. So I already know where this is going, <laughs> but um, more than half of marketing professionals out there, so 55%, do not believe they're getting what they need from their current marketing automation platform from a value perspective. Now, I find that's really interesting because it, one of the things that I feel comes into play here is pointed out in this article from marketing tech. And it says that the research was that almost a fifth, that's 18% of marketers don't feel confident in the contact database. And therefore the data is unreliable. I would say based on the sample that they provided, I think that that number can be realistic. But at the same time, if you're talking to a small businesses, maybe to mid-level, that were trying to hack growth by purchasing lists or doing some things that were kind of out of the realm, like adding everybody in your family to your mailing list. Um, obviously, marketing automations are not going to work as well because the context that you are hinging those automations off, and we're talking maybe email here um, or even text, um, just aren't hitting. So contact databases are, are really uh, having a strong clean, please clean, you need a cleaner. Like if you've got a cleaner for your house, you need a cleaner for your database. It's the same sort of problem that you have that dust settles and it makes your numbers completely incorrect. So you want, when you come, people come into your house, you want it to look spot, spotless and perfect. Your, your database should look like that as well. I know it's really nerdy when I say the word database, but these are the people that you're marketing to. So if you're asking your um, marketing head of marketing, so, so why are we getting an open rate of 8%? Yeah, because you bought like 25,000 garbage emails that, you're, that I'm trying to market to and they're all bouncing. It, there's, there's reasons behind it. But talking about automations and tying it into that is really an important, um, it's an important element that you should consider, um, especially because automations are supposed to be dealing with a customer life cycle. So there's very specific ways of collecting information that will help you disseminate it correctly through those automations. But just my, just, just my five cents on that, I'm giving you five cents of it. Um, so that was one of the first pieces that I saw that I was interested in. The next one is the newly christened Meta gives disappointing first look under the metaverse hood. That's from the Daily Upside. Here's my response to that. Basically, it's saying that a lot of people were looking at the cost of doing meta business and felt that it was a little bit, it was a little kind of skewed to what they believed it should be. And um, the numbers were a little bit off. And da, da, da. let me tell you something for nothing. It's always going to be negative around meta and Facebook. There's going to be lots of it. Lots of lots of negative things. Choose what you want to read and what you want to believe. 
let me tell you something. It's going to come. Metaverse is coming. Facebook meta is here. There, this, this is happening. So is it going to be around for the rest of your life? I don't know. Um, but at the same time, I know it's going to be around for the next five to 10 years. So get used to it, figure out how to use it. And I mean, this kind of like, oh, this brings me up another one that I saw. Let me see where it's at. Here it is. Facebook loses viewers, <clears throat> sorry, daily active users for the first time. And here's why they're going. There was a story and that this one was something that from Forbes that we saw, but I have to say that I've read three three or more articles in the last 48 hours saying that Facebook is hemorrhaging, no, hemorrhaging um, people from the platform. Everyone's leaving Facebook. Oh my God. Okay, like 100,000 people or less left out of billions of people. So just let's, let's kind of think about that there. That's, that's not a lot of people um, in the grand scheme of things. Again, tying to my story that you have to see what's relevant in the meat of the article. Again, bulletproof marketer tip, <laughs> read the middle of the article. The headline's supposed to get you in. So if you're in and then it's just kind of like they give you one of those stats like that. <clears throat> to me, that's not worrying. Um, that's kind of, uh, I mean, is it, a, is it a usual churn? No, it's a little bit higher. But at the same time, I think that, you know, this is kind of, it is what it is. So Facebook news is going to be very negative, but I do feel like you should continually understand that it is a powerful platform. There is going to be a way to use it for your business. You can execute it through your marketing plans, but let's just understand and there's going to be negative press across the board with a lot of things, especially since privacy concerns are things that are growing and people are evolving in how they're utilizing these platforms. So next up, we have something from, oh, okay dealing with ad revenue. So Google ad revenue, it surges by 33%, search is up 35%, and YouTube is up 25%. Okay, I'm bringing up this article for a reason. Okay, this is news that was that was reported on, um, I think, what, what day was it? Um, a couple days ago. So in February, just early February, these are the fourth quarter numbers. What happens in the fourth quarter? I mean, give me a break, guys. So what happens in the fourth quarter, as we all know, and I'm preaching to the converted here, right? You all know this. Everyone spends more money because fourth quarter is when lots of shopping happens. So a lot of product brands, even service companies, everybody is in there trying to kind of put in a little bit more oomph to their campaigns so they can make more sales, make more conversions, and really gain the eyeballs of their consumers. So... If ad revenue is up in the time where everyone spends more money, that kind of makes sense. So if this was, um, and also we're coming off of a, um, a kind of a couple down years based off of the COVID slump. So with that said, none of this is surprising. I don't feel like this is headline worthy, um, especially when you think about its fourth quarter. Again, reason I point this out to you is this does not mean that you should be dropping everything in the world and saying, oh my gosh, Google ads, the new hot thing. No, it's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's important. It's still important. Still works. Part of your marketing strategy. Not like, oh my God, this is the new trend I need to jump on. Which is why they're reporting it like that. Because it sounds like it's something that you need to jump on. I know, you know, you get it. This is why, this is why I have the show, okay? So another thing I saw is... Um, 
that web 3.0 won't kill SEO. And this is from search engine Roundtable. So um, obviously we've talked about the new iteration of the World Wide Web, which is going to be more based on blockchain. Um, and it's going to be incorporating concepts of decentralization and token-based economics. So a lot of people were concerned it's going to kill, it would kill SEO altogether. It's Web3, you've seen it, Web3.0. Um, and that Web 3.0 is going to just be the final nail in the coffin for SEO. Um, it's not necessarily going to be the truth um, because it says here in this article that what, there was one comment that I thought was really pertinent to that point. Um, it's cause I, one of the, one of the one of the responses because there was a there was a big chain on Reddit with this um, and a couple of things that were pulled were no because search engines will still be used on Web 3.0 yes Web 3 Web 3.0 isn't yet what plan, it plans to be um, what's another one I think I think you might not understand what some claim Web 3.0 is and I don't blame you this is not a criticism <laughs> that's 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 criticism just telling you. Um, so the long and short of this article and all the responses that I'm seeing is that it doesn't look like it's going to be a clear and present danger. Why am I putting something that's a little bit in the weeds in this show, which I kind of talk about kind of the more mainstream news? Because if I'm saying Web3 or Web3.0 and you don't know what I'm talking about, you're, you're in trouble. So you need to start thinking about what it is and understanding what it is. And I'm telling you, this is like I've said before, blockchain, Bitcoin, NFT, all of these concepts that are tied to things that you think are never going to happen are going to happen. And they're going to evolve over time. Are they going to take over your entire business? I can't make that prediction, but I do feel like they're going to be a portion of your business. Think about how um, it was when we first started out with social media, even 10, 15 plus years ago. It was the wild, wild west. No one knew what they were going to get. No one knew how to really harness the power. And the brands that were most popular were the ones that were spending the most. And they weren't using the best tactics. They just had the most pot to play with, which is the same thing all the time. So anyway, what I'm saying here is that there's concepts that are constantly going to be brought up. I'm going to try to share them here so I can kind of give you a little bit of an oomph to look into them. Um, Web 3.0 is definitely one of those things. Uh, so speaking of which, this is my last um, article here to go through, um, and it is Super Bowl 2022 tickets it's from Ad Age. Super Bowl 2022 tickets will come with souvenir NFTs from the NFL. Now, I almost wonder if the NFL, just because the letters was, there's just one, one letter difference, that that was why they went for it. Um, but I'm not going to read them for that because I think that's probably pretty clever. Um, but fans who attend the game will receive a token unique to their section, row, and seat. I think that's pretty damn cool. And that is going to be creating a collectible item that would be a fantastic NFT to own. Now, again, what if you don't understand what an NFT is and what the market is? You're going to read the story and go, oh, who cares? Oh, another stupid brand that's going to be jumping on this bandwagon. No, they're trying to figure out how to do it. This is kind of, this is a really important thing. This is a very highly publicized piece. Memorabilia, cards, artwork, music, audio, books, poetry. I mean, everything that is creative 
is 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 fantastic and this is not only creative but a souvenir so souvenirs do gain money over time and if you're in that world you have a bitcoin wallet you have all of these things in place and you are a collector that makes sense so possibly this could draw some people into that um that that nft world which is not really that challenging to figure out if you haven't given it a chance yet. So people are using it. Other brands have used it pretty unsuccessfully and kind of tackily, like a Burger King did one that was pretty lame, but I think this is right on the money. Um, I think this is fantastic. This is a collectible piece that I think is worth it. So just saying folks, it's gonna be coming out more and more and more, take some time, figure out what it is. Do you have a play in it? Even if you don't, figure out what it is, know how people market it. It's just powerful for you to kind of understand that because the, how the NFTs kind of, how something that's very challenging for you to understand is marketed. If you can kind of crack that code, it really helps you market your own products traditionally much better. Um, Cause a lot of the marketing techniques they have to use are very next level. Anyway, I'm going to quit preaching, but Everything I'm saying is, is you know, it, I hope it's good advice for you and kind of gives you a little bit of a uh, motivation to kind of push through to the next step in learning and evolving as a marketer and also how to read through all the bullshit that's being sent, shoved down your throat. Anyway, um, up next, I have the fantastic Shreya and Paul from uh, co-founders of Marketing Counts. And we're going to be talking about how foundations are really important to your marketing strategy and also how the letters FTE can transform your business. So I'll be back with Shreya and Paul, just a couple minutes on the Bulletproof Marketer. Hey parents, are you looking to make it easy to promote your child's development? Well, I want to introduce my go-to, which is Motor Planet. Motor Planet is a powerful developmental program designed to enhance your child's skills. Their software-based program offers fun, motivating activities designed to challenge your child's abilities. So we're talking fine motor skills, visual motor and perceptional skills, physical strengthening, overall conditioning, enhanced sensory processing. At Motor Planet, they strive to help your children grow. If you'd like to learn more on how this fantastic app works, there is a one week free trial and that is courtesy of Motor Planet. So if you wanna grab that on your Android or Apple device, visit them online today. It's motorplanet.com. That's M-O-T-O-R-P-L-A-N-I-T.com. All right, folks, and welcome back. Okay, I'm extremely excited because I have two very, very smart people with me. Well, you know what? I really don't have dumb people on the podcast, but the but these two are definitely people that I want you to meet and learn from. Um, we have Shreya Banerjee and Paul Counts, and they're the co-founders of Marketing Counts. They're serial entrepreneurs, tech startup founders, and advisors to influencers which is very interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit. They are teachers at heart and they have a passion for helping entrepreneurs and students alike grasp proven marketing strategies. They created marketing curriculum for over um, 140 high schools and have taught marketing to colleges. So obviously they know a lot about marketing processes and especially digital marketing, which is why they're here today. 
Um, their client list is a, a who's who of personal development influencers, um, and their marketing can be seen on display with Fortune 50 companies and publicly traded organizations. And they bring a process-based approach to marketing stemming from Shreya's lean Six Sigma Black Belt experience. Shreya, Paul, thank you for joining us today on The Bulletproof Marketer. Thank hey, you so thank much you. for having us. Yeah. First of all, here. I got to say thank you for not messing up my name because yeah. everybody does. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because you know what? I, I, I really take names seriously, I, and it's, but I can't remember them. So it's, yeah. it's mm -hmm. really interesting. I can do a face, not a name, but I always try to make, make sure everyone think, everyone's pronounced correctly. So <laughs> good. That's wonderful. <laughs> so, so, okay, I just, I gave your life story, um, uh, albeit a few bars short of everything. What would you like to say to um, the audience just to kind of, um, so they can know a little bit more about you guys? Yeah, definitely. So I'll let Shreya go ahead and go first there. Um, sure She thing. can kind of talk about her background a little bit. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So mine's actually not a traditional marketing background at all. Growing mm -hmm. up, it was, I was pushed more towards the STEM program, um, come from an Indian origin family. And a lot of people, though, they're pushed towards either, you know, you have a choice of becoming a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer. And I'm an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> I fit into one of those categories. I studied mechanical right. engineering. Um, the, I was always interested in marketing, though, even in college, I started, you know, learning about like, how to run ads, Google ads, pay-per-click stuff. And I was making money at that point too, but then I was graduating and I was asked to get a job, which I did. Um, and it was actually a good thing. Um, I was happy with my job. I was in corporate over 12 years. Um, huh. That's where I learned a lot of my process stuff. I, I worked in the aviation and power industry. My mm -hmm. job was to go into facilities and fix the processes. Like if the parts are not coming up on time, let's see where the breakdown is and let's try to see if we can fix the breakdown. And that's what makes us unique because I brought that same approach to marketing. Now, Paul, he'll tell you his story, has lots and lots of experience with marketing. But when we got together and I say, okay, let's, let's, let's see what's broken in the marketing process as we started with our company and then we eventually took it to our clients. And we keep seeing this work over and over again in any industry, which is the amazing part. Yeah. Yeah, so I started at 13 doing marketing. I've been at it over 23 years. So I've been doing it uh, for quite a long time. Used to run dial-up connection back um, to where I started <laughs> back when I grew up in the small town. I graduated the class to 17 people, town of 300. And I started doing marketing online. So um, I've been doing it ever since. Uh, I've been really just um, focusing a lot on SEO and then working with clients. And then I went on my own and just started launching courses and trainings and kind of reached a point where throughout that journey, I produced two movies and, you know, just really marketing in all variety of different industries. Oh. And at that point I ended up connecting uh, with Shreya and I realized she has the processes and that's when we started marketing counts and started going down this path that we're on right now and really all about educating and, and really helping people that are frustrated with marketing understand that there's so many changes but if you take a process-based approach you don't have to get frustrated with marketing so hey friggin men thank you yes. for saying that you know it's i i had this whole part um on, on the last episode and what i was saying is uh, the the metaverse and i don't want to yes. get into this rabbit hole oh yeah but the number one feeling that marketers have right now is FOMO because mm -hmm. we're constantly presented these extremely extravagant right. ideas and we feel that we have to get on them immediately. And it's just like, shut up and just start reading about it. Like just start learning about right. it. 
you don't have to drop everything and then make your company into a virtual store. Right. I mean, it, it, that's not, that's not, there, there's actually um, there's actually a very strategic way that you can do that step by step by yes. looking at the trends and understanding how you can take a very um, structured approach to it, mm -hmm. which I can appreciate a lot. Now, oh, yeah. Um, now speaking, okay, talking about marketing and kind of one of one of the segments on our show is. Um, Bulletproof marketer versus Stockholm syndrome, which is kind of all of the um, the wonders of LinkedIn is only for recruitment. Oh yes, <laughs> I, isn't that adorable? I think yeah, it is adorable. Thought. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, but it, it is it's that. And, and one of my first questions for you guys is, what's your biggest pet peeve when it comes to um, how marketing is taught and how it's implemented? Yeah, I think the, the number one thing, we, we follow a formula that Shreya will go into more, but it's called FTE, Foundation Traffic Engagement, right? And the problem mm -hmm. that most businesses start with, and I think it's because we're taught this in colleges and at the college level, because we've taught college classes, we know what people are taught. They come even from a traffic first, yeah, even high school level. They're taught mm -hmm. a traffic first mentality, which is send traffic to an offer and hope it sticks. And so they're like, drop millions and millions of dollars on marketing. And, and hope that it works, but nobody cared about, are you capturing leads? Is your foundation set? Does your website look good? Is the copy good? Does the copy connect? But no, we're going to spend $50 million because we have a huge ad budget, but that doesn't work for a small business because you don't have millions of dollars for an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business owner. You have you know a few thousand a month. Well, you need to make sure you need to make every dollar count for lack of a better word there. <laughs> you need to make it work within your budget. And so to us, that's one of our bigger pet peeves. And I'll let Shreya share a little more on that, but that is a huge pet peeve of ours. Mm. Yeah, you covered it. Traffic first mentality is what we teach against. And we get a lot of pushback from that yeah. because people just say it. And also not focusing on foundation at all. We, you should mm -hmm. see the pushback we get from students that say, I have a huge Instagram following. Why do I need to take my customer to you know my landing page? Why do I need to capture their information or get an email or phone number or anything, right? Yeah. Well, IG can shut you down any day right? Mm -hmm. TikTok can shut it. you down any day. Then what are you going to do? Uh, but there's a just a huge pushback of just staying with social media. Social media is good to have, but it's not the end-all be-all. Yep. Um, that's one of the things we fight a lot. I'm sure you do. And and kind of, this is I, I, one of the things that, I mean, it's shocking that, I don't know, is it shocking? No, it's, I mean, it's how it would be <laughs> taught, right? Um, it's, what, what do we know has ROI tied to it. Oh, mm -hmm. traffic has it. Okay, let's just let's just kind of throw our eggs in that basket because then we don't look like we're crazy. Because that's another thing with marketing and digital marketing, we are crazy a lot of the times, right? Because yeah. a lot of it is kind of um, we're we're constantly experimenting. So, do you feel that it is because of the ROI tie that that's why it's being focused on traffic first? Yeah, I think so. And also some of the the people have just accepted whatever the metrics are. Like people do look at conversion on a page, but they're okay with a 0.1 conversion or 1% conversion. That's the industry standard. Now we came from the digital marketing side where we sell our digital projects online, right? And our conversion rate, like when we first came into this field, we were like, what do you mean you're happy with the 0.1% conversion rate? Like that's awful. Right? right. But that's corporate. Corporate's happy with yeah. that because they're going to, they have unlimited budget, you know? Exactly. And, and when you're a solopreneur, our sales pages had to convert that 4%, 5%, you know, to, on a, to get a sale and on an opt-in 40 to 50%, you know, because 
you don't have an unlimited budget when you're starting out. And so you learn to make the tweaks and the changes. And so that's where, where what Shreya was referencing there. So like corporate, they just throw all the money against the wall. And, and, and the other thing we're constantly getting flack back is the clients that want to do, like we make a joke about there are certain things we do for clients that we do it just to keep them happy, but to get them real results, we do email, we do the organic SEO, we do those things. But we'll run, we'll, we'll do a lot of social media posts. We'll give them two to three reels a day because that makes them happy. But at the end of the day, that's not going to generate the ROI they want. When they, you actually look at the metrics, their sales are coming from the emails. It's come from the SEO. It's coming from the affiliate partnerships and those kind of relationships and the, the Google ads and things. It's not coming from the Instagram and Facebook exposure they think it is, but it makes them happy to see that. So you kind of have to balance between making them happy because they, to them, marketing is what's posted on Instagram. That's sadly what a lot of business owners, I think, look at, you know? Okay. So we've gone, we've gone from dating into a serious relationship with you two now, me and you guys. Um, <laughs> what, how I feel about that is um, I have a very specific way of, I, how I explain it in, in house is um, everybody wants that delicious Chinese food, but they're hungry in about half an hour. So I have a steak underneath the Chinese food. So when they want to have, sink their teeth into something, it's ready to go. So they think they yes. want this, but their body, their mind thinks they want it, but their body needs nourishment. And it's the same thing. It's when someone comes right. to me and sit and, and I know from the profile of their business that they do have KPIs that they focus on and they just say, I just want visibility and that's all. Right. I'm like, again, it, adorbs. I mean, I can, I, do you want me to tell you how many impressions I can get you? Because is that going to yeah. excite you? No one's excited about that in our world. No. <laughs> Nobody is. And, you know, Shreya, um, we call it chocolate covered broccoli, right? Like that's, yeah, we know, call it that, the chocolate covered broccoli. I like your approach. Oh, I love too. that. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. You just cover that broccoli and chocolate. And that's really where the real nourishment is, is, is right there. And and that's, and, and, you know, we, we work with, with, you know, we reference a fortune 50 company we work with a lot of their agents or it's a very large insurance company. We've worked with a large variety of their agents and they end up like their focus is impression based. Right. So there was one point where they were spending, <laughs> they were spending over a hundred dollars a click and the agents didn't know any better till we pointed it out. And we're like, they were very happy with very it happy. because that's what they were, that's the word sold. Were, so a lot yeah. of time it's also awareness as an mm -hmm. owner, as a business owner, as a solopreneur, like learn a little so that you don't get fooled by Duped, these right. agencies. Yeah. Yeah. Cause anybody can buy impressions. I mean, anybody can throw ads on a, on a random website and say, Hey, I'm getting you. And they were content. Cause they're like, I'm getting 50,000 impressions. And I said, wait a minute, but how many clicks did you actually get? Well, two. I said, and how much did you pay for those? Well, $300. So I said, you're, you, you know what you're paying right now? You're paying $150 per visitor to your website. That doesn't even convert <laughs> or you don't know if it converted. 80% yeah. bound for it. Yeah. The, it, so it, it's really interesting. And this is kind of like a segue to my next question. But um, <laughs> one, one of the things is there's also the other end of that spectrum when, they're, when they'll say, well, we have a firm right now that can get us 50 cents an email address um, through um, Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, excellent. Okay. So what's your email program look like? Well, we're sending out three emails a week and we have specials used all the time. What's your open rate? What's your click rate? What's your attrition rate? What's your unsubscribe yes. rate? And all of those are like sky high, but it's that cheap email. It is. It gets yep. them excited. And um, and so kind of just kind of a weird a clunky segue, but you mentioned FTE. Mm -hmm. So 
what is the concept of FTE and how can it transform a business or an organization? It's the it's a foundation first. It's actually not a clunky uh, transition because you were talking about like knowing your numbers, right? It's part of your foundation. It's having that shifting your mindset from a traffic first mentality to a foundation first mentality. Now, F stands for foundation. That includes like your business website, how you're capturing your emails or how you're capturing your customers data conversion, all that fun stuff. And um, T starts for traffic which we, you know, lots of social traffic, we know that. And then E stands for engagement, which is actually social media, right? Like that's where you're engaging with your customers. That's what, and everybody wants to focus on social media. Everybody wants to focus on traffic, uh, but no one focuses on that, the, the numbers, right. the conversions. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things when you, if you plan everything out um, and then go implement, you're going to be farther ahead versus mm-hmm. just diving in and you know trying to figure out as you go and mm-hmm. the yeah. foundation first mentality kind of gives you that where you're going to be much farther ahead in the long term yeah and it's interesting too because i feel like i feel like a lot of in the foundation period i think a lot of people feel that the foundation is their brand guide and um that <laughs> is yeah again bs um, right because your brand guide yeah. is a vehicle to tell your story it's it's mm-hmm. how you're going to color your messaging strategy but it's exactly. not your messaging strategy yeah and that so, could change too <laughs> like well that's the thing everything changes yeah we changes. just changed our color scheme recently i mean it just is what it is if you feel like it's going to suit you better and then it goes back to changing the story a bit and and you're right like they do think though it's just something simple like that's a great point about the brand guide we have had clients where they were upset because something wasn't aligned that was not going to change anything <laughs> yeah the letter p was off um was not perfectly aligned with a um a, a button and it was just like the biggest like thing in the world you know and it was like it's it's bizarre the things we focus on i think at times you know that don't have a result I agree yeah. with you. And I think that um, that's, I, I really, I, I really support the foundation first mm-hmm. um, mentality because that's, I mean, that's what we do at my age. Right. Uh, I mean, we're focusing on kind of how to build everything, measure everything and what we should be looking at. So then we, if we know that we're looking at the wrong thing, we can change what we're looking at. Yes. Whereas exactly. you don't know what the road is going to be and you're, it's kind of like when you're, it's kind of like having a GPS that's talking to you versus having those old printed off map questions. Yes. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Oh my back gosh, in the yeah. day, remember that? Oh yes. my God. I can't, I can't imagine going back to those. <laughs> old map quest. Yes. Yeah. But it's like, it's like that. Um, okay. Another question for you. Um, how can, how can your mindset influence your marketing for the better? Yeah, this, this one's great because really your mindset is, I mean, in marketing, we all know you're never going to have a hundred percent conversion rate. Like we all know that. And, and as a business owner, you need to also look at your own business too. Like a hundred percent of the people that walk in your store, if it's a physical store or that visit your e-commerce store or whatever it is that you're selling, they're not going to buy opt in, give you their information, purchase your services. It's just not going to happen. So you have to have the mind. There's two different mindsets. One is you have to know, like, it's okay if it doesn't convert. So you can't like take your ball and go home all the time. And the other thing is, is that you have to be willing to pivot and you have to be willing to pivot quickly because one thing that we also teach within what we do with our clients, and this drives me nuts because I see people do this all the time. They'll spend 30 days on a marketing campaign. And, and I'm like, you should know within seven days, not, and I'm not talking full-fledged campaigns. I'm talking like a Google ads campaign or a Facebook campaign, right? Yeah. If it's not converting after seven days or after three days, 
there's probably not going to work. It's going to be the same result after 30 days. So why waste the money for 30 days? Because you have to have a mindset of being willing to pivot. And also like, it's okay. If it was your baby, if it was your idea, then that's okay that it didn't work. It just is what it is. It didn't resonate with your audience. So, you know, scrub it and move on and create something new. And, but too many business owners, they get stuck on like, this is my idea. This is my idea. So they're like, they're going to run that campaign for 90 days, run it to the ground and then accuse their agency of it not working. Cause that's what they insisted on doing. So that's, <laughs> that's another side point, but it's crazy yeah. how that happens. I, the thing is that honestly, don't die on that hill. Right. This is digital mm-hmm. marketing. You can't die on hills. Yes. It's not like, oh, wow, this fax blast is really working well. <laughs> or like my beeper campaign is really killing it. My like this is, this is a world where things are changing quite often. So yes. you, have to, you have to be able to change. And I, and I do see that a lot um, with people that I've consulted in the past in, mm-hmm. in, in this um, mindset of, well, I have to have everything kind of poured in cement. Yes. in order for me to move forward. And the problem with that is that they never go through a testing phase because mm-hmm. most of them have been, and we, I mean, I'm preaching the converted here. Um, most of them have been told by an SEO company that they're not gonna get anything for four to six months. And then yeah. they've equated that to all digital marketing. So they feel that every investment that they make is going to be for a longer period. Right. So then the marketing firms offering those services then say, oh, okay, well, I don't have to work my ass off because uh, they're not expecting anything for a few months. So I'll just pull all the cards in the last 30 days of that period. And then we can show that there's a really big growth and they waited for it and got it. Right. I see this all the time, by the way, Mm -hmm. when I talk talk to other marketers (laughs) and I'm just like, oh my God, you're doing the card pull mentality. And I don't, I don't like the, I like the card pull when it makes a client really happy when they're upset and not Mm -hmm. upset with me, but just kind of maybe they lost a big person in their company or they had some bad media coverage, delighting them in a different way with that card rather than just like, hey, I'm doing this to manipulate the results a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Not all marketers are like that, obviously, no. listeners, but uh, <laughs> these stories exist because they do exist. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it, you see a lot of stuff in this industry. It makes me shake my head. I mean, but I have to say, though, like you guys in, in where you are in your position and what you guys offer, you, I'm, I know the delight you feel when you start hearing their marketing strategy and what they're measuring because oh, yeah. you immediately know that you can enhance it by like 20, 30%. Oh, absolutely. Know that. Yes. So many low hanging fruits. Oh yeah. Yes. And that's <laughs> such a great feeling as a marketer because no one cares about us. And right. so it's really nice to be able to have that, um, that joy in your work. Yes. I can see that coming through with you guys when you're, when oh, you're yeah. talking about it. Um, so let's talk about um, business owners out there. Um, how would you suggest that, that they can position their business as a leader in a crowded marketplace? Mm, yeah, I mean, it's, it goes back to it. It's funny, everything goes back to this foundation first, right? Like, and, and the number one way to do that through, and our foundation phase, it's really not just your website and all that. It's understanding who your customer avatar is. Who are you talking to? Who are you trying to, to attract into your business, right? Who is your target client? Clear on down to, you know, what TV shows they watch and understanding who they are as a customer profile, really diving into that. Because if you know who they are, like our, we know our profile really is frustrated business owners, frustrated marketers, frustrated entrepreneurs. That's really like our market that we've really tapped into because we've seen the frustration with other agencies or even people talking to us. So it, it's really understanding who your customer profile is 
And then you can speak to them with the right process and the right messaging. Because once you do that, then you're going to stand out amongst somebody because people are going to look at you and go, oh, they get it. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, and, and it's not to beat the dead horse, but it really does go down to that FTE, which is why Shreya and her process-based background makes so much sense from a marketing standpoint, you know, to have that. And so it really comes down to that to really stand out. And then it, it really boils down to consistency, which is something we teach a lot. And that's, you know, one, one video on YouTube is not going to be a marketing campaign. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a lot. But, but, uh, but Paul, uh, yeah. videos go viral all the time. They I do. Would, can I order <laughs> four viral videos from you? <laughs> We've heard that before. We have, we have, we had somebody I'm ask, us, can you guarantee a viral video? And I said, I'll tell you this. I said, if I could make a viral video guaranteed, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I know it's like trying to get an el uh, talking, a talking elder law firm out of doing um, a TikTok challenge. It's kind yeah. of, it, it, it's just <laughs> because foundationally speaking, they have no idea how to tether the tools that are provided in the digital landscape to their messaging strategy to create results. And it's mm -hmm. so they're completely untethered. Um, we've had, I, I've talked to clients before that wanted, they were thinking about doing um, a musical um, based off of their product and they were wanting to do it on TikTok and they couldn't tie it to any of the tenants of their actual foundation. And so it becomes an idea that's just an idea in a room of brainstorming ideas rather than something that's actually salient as a results driver. Yeah. You, in terms of, um, do you, this is just kind of one of my last questions. Um, when it comes down to ROI, what do you feel that people should be focusing on more? Because obviously we have the traffic, but there are um, foundational ROIs, I believe, that you can kind of like, kind of ferret out. What are some of those that you would have people just to kind of think about? Yeah, so the, the big one is really the return on ad spend. You know, that's a big one. So what do you, what do you make for every dollar spent on that campaign? And then the other one is, is the lead. Because, I mean, every business is different, right? Depending on what you're selling. Sometimes it's the lead that's so important to them. Sometimes it's the... Because a lot of business owners, especially we find like in the, you know, in the insurance space, for example, right? They know that if they get a lead, they actually know their numbers internally, how many times they close a lead, right? So for them, it's, it's understanding, okay, for every five leads, I close one of them type thing, you know? So you just have to kind of understand their needs. So it really depends on what their business needs are, but the return on ad spend is a big one uh, for e-commerce, right? It's going to be, um, you know, the, the average cart order, you know, the AOV average order value is going to be another critical one. And again, I'm spouting off it, different industries, right? We have one client that's in e-commerce, you know, some clients in just e-commerce. So AOV is very important to them. What's their average order value? Are the order bumps working? Is that working? You know, and then the, the return on ad spend, ROAS, you know, I'm, and I'm throwing those out because you hear agencies throw these around and they, they a lot of times use these terms, but they don't simplify it for you. I think agencies like to throw acronyms around to pound their chest and make them sound good. But at the end of the day, it's really simple. It's return on ad spend. You know, it's simple metric. Like if you put in a dollar and you make a dollar 50, you're doing great. Like that's, that's really what it boils down to. So those, those would be the three, you know, cost per lead, cost per um, return on ad spend, and then the average AOV average order value. Those are the, the ones. And, and again, it's not every, that those are three different industries, right? So right. It, you really have to look at what it is that suits your business and not so much like, you know, getting caught up with, with the, the acronyms, right? Do what suits your business the best.
Excellent. Okay. Um, Sherry, Paul, it's been so great talking to you guys because uh, I feel your pain. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, but, um, but where can people learn, uh, our listeners learn more about you? Yeah, definitely. Um, they, can, they can visit us online at marketingcounts.com. So they can learn about us there and we've got access to other you know, training and, and things like that there. So they can just go to marketingcounts.com and learn about us. Well, thank you guys both so much for being on the show. Um, we'll definitely yeah. have you back maybe in the future sometime. Absolutely. We'd love it. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this you're very welcome. Yeah. All right, folks. Great. After the break, more great show. What the hell else do you think we're going to get? All right. <laughs> we'll be back after this. Okay. So skincare is definitely something that's really important to me. But at the same time, I don't have a lot of time. So I really want the most bang for my buck and something that is very, very fast and efficient. And that's when I found Truly Clear. Now, when I found Truly Clear, it's a really great product that actually helps acne. So if you have, um, if you have a child that has acne or you have adult acne, whatever, just want a clean face, I just love the product. Because why? Because it's, it's smarter, faster, and better. It calms your skin, it stops acne, and it heals your skin. So it does the full range of nourishment on your skin. I mean, simply put, Truly Clear stops acne, clears blackheads and whiteheads quickly. You can use it anywhere you have acne, just one or two times daily or less for less than five minutes. That's the best part, less than five minutes for long lasting results. So if you have acne that you wanna clear up or you just wanna have beautiful glowing skin, like the Bulletproof Marketer, then you got to check out Truly Clear. Visit them online. It's trulyclear.com. T-R-U-L-Y-C-L-E-A-R.com. Again, trulyclear.com. Fast, smart, just better. All right, folks, and we are back. Okay, um, our second interview is with my friend Daryl Kieser. Daryl is the CEO and founder of Candybox Marketing and my go-to guy when, it, when we're talking about digital marketing trends and just basically how to convert online. Um, Candybox Marketing is a full-service digital marketing agency with two studios in Toronto and Halifax and has been listed as one of the fastest growing companies in Canada. Daryl speaks at um, over, I don't know, 50 conferences uh, per year about digital marketing. Um, especially specifically around trends across Canada and U.S. And he's also the author of Pick Up Your Freaking Phone, um, which is obviously uh, a title that's close to my heart. Um, Daryl, thanks so much for joining us on The Bulletproof Marketer. Hey, thanks so much for having me. And uh, I we will have to put that asterisk on the uh, Speaks at 50 events per year. You know, remember when we used to have conferences? That was great. Uh, I'm hoping that's coming back this year, but it's... Uh, it's a little lean right now. So uh, that stat is a very much 2019 stat, a little bit dated. <laughs> I know. What a, I, you know, it was it, when, we, when we first went through that and all the conferences were canceled, I was so relieved. It was so nice to have a break from uh, kind of doing that. But it's, it's something I definitely miss. I mean, do you miss being in the um, kind of in the mix with a lot of uh, marketing professionals? I, uh, to be honest, I, I miss almost nothing about doing events except for the actual event themselves like that that period where i'm like getting on stage to off stage is fantastic but the all the hours around travel and this and that and restaurants and meetings 
no, I, I don't miss a single thing. Uh, it's it's actually enabled us to kind of uh, work more on my business as opposed to just being in airports answering emails. And so my life is much better. But uh, I, I I am looking back, uh, looking forward to kind of getting back to seeing crowds full of smiling people. Well, hopefully smiling. Well, yeah, 60-40. I think that, you know, one of the things I was, um, that I really uh, was thinking about, um, everyone's doing lots of pivots. Um, after, you know, obviously COVID and everything shut down, everything slowed down. I'm interested to go back to these events to see if people are actually freshened up a little bit. Um, because not waiting to be told what the next big thing is, but actually coming with questions that, that have them more engaged with the concepts that we share when we talk. Um, cause I've, I've seen, I don't know if you've seen it within candy box, but like one of the things is that I've seen people picking up concepts that were really hard for them to engage with previously. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. perhaps some of the stillness or the time away have given them time to grow or to understand the importance. I mean, what's your take on that? Well, I, I think, uh, the, the hilarious, uh, thing that's happened for, for me, uh, specifically is, you know, I've been speaking about digital marketing for years and really messages, hey, you know, your competition is leapfrogging you. So you're either going to pick up this stuff and, and freaking finally do it and make a plan and make a strategy and, and do it, or you're going to get left behind. So I'm getting calls from uh, conference uh, people now that they're like, hey, we're, we had you in 2017. They're like, remember all that stuff you told people to do? They want to hear about how to do that again, because they didn't do it. And now they need to do it. And you know, when your entire business goes online and you've got your revenue item of in-store sales and the next one is online sales and online sales is at like 2% and then you're, you're basing your entire business online, all of a sudden we've got the attention of people. And, and that's not me um, you know, uh, saying that, that they're idiots, but the, the, the pace of change has happened so quickly that everybody's finally woken up and saying, okay, I'm, I'm good to listen. Like I, I'd like to actually know um, why it is important to have an Instagram account. And, and before I, you know, threw all this stuff on the bus and said, oh, this stuff just doesn't matter as much as my, uh, the way that I've done business for 40 years, um, the way that we've done groceries for the last two years has changed substantial. And so is everything else. And so I think they're going to be a lot more receptive, but who knows? We'll see in the next coming, uh, coming year. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk, we're, you're, you're the trend guy. So let's talk um, some trends. Um, uh, one of them is the the one of my favorite topics. No, I absolutely hate it. Um, Facebook um, and Facebook <laughs> has come under fire um, over the last year, obviously from both the media and Apple's iOS update. What what does this mean for businesses advertising on Facebook? Yeah, uh, and and uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, every time. I say the word Facebook, I, I get a little sick in my mouth. Um, I'm just yeah. tired of it. Uh, I think we're all tired of it. And when I mean Facebook, I also mean Facebook, um, you know, the company, not just the network. And yeah. uh, what's what's basically happened is that we have overnight had all these walls go up in digital marketing. So that little button that came up that says, do you want this app to track you? And when you said no, along with, I think the stat right now is, 96% of other people, you just put up a wall on your phone in between that app and others. And that this is this is not one company move. This is where a lot of companies are moving and just saying, you know what, for GDPR, which you know about privacy, which we know about mm -hmm. through uh, privacy issues and through just responsibility of our consumers' data, mm -hmm. we're not sharing our data anymore. And so 
for the last decade, I won't even say like 15 years, we said, oh, we want that data. We want to target you know, a dentist that live in Northern Carolina that, uh, you know, um, have Cocker Spaniels. No problem. We got that. Now, um, you know, we, we don't have this open network. We've got to go into all these little boutiques. And so what does this mean? Very, number one, um, the price has gone up. Like yeah. The price has skyrocketed from what we've seen. Uh, price per click on ads has gone up by 50% in this last quarter for Facebook ads. And mm -hmm. if you're highly dependent on Facebook ads, uh, you already know this because your results are struggling. Number two, this is less targeted advertising, period. Yeah. Less relevant mm -hmm. ads. You can't get in front of the same people with the same stuff. And so we're now, um, people are much more uh, open to other networks, uh, Reddit, TikTok, programmatic advertising to say, okay, you know, this isn't working and we're buying, a, uh, we're buying something that used to work, but it's just too expensive to get customers. Uh, so I'm not saying it's gone, but it's now finding its place in the market because it is not that crazy data collector that we had before that was just eating the lion's share of the market. Um, you know, we've got to diversify our portfolios and ad spends uh, because Facebook is a walled-in garden. Absolutely. And I think that another thing too is, and this is kind of my own selfish marketing nerd vibe with this, is I love to see all of this data crashing and falling out of the hands of the marketers that were getting really lazy and not actually marketing to the individuals in an authentic way. They were using algorithms to let them understand how they should be talking to, to people. Thus, they were the Zoomers are not going to be into that at all. So they're basically starting to make their make their make their companies obsolete. And um and I and as much as I know that I've talked to many different marketers that were just like, you know, I spent all this time cracking this code. Dude, that's our job. All we have to do, we're constantly cracking the code on the moving target, right? So it's going to be constantly moving. Yeah. Uh, you know, have you um we were talking about Facebook, obviously, and th this is one of the things too, just throwing in um, the metaverse of it all um, and how the everyone had thought they'd figured out how remarketing was going to work. And now that they're taking away all that data, they're not exactly sure how remarketing is going to land. Mm -hmm. Now they're kind of left with this whole entire wild, wild west that is all about feeling and looking and experiencing um, your brand with, with your audience. Mm -hmm. How do you feel that people will start making that switch over and that conversion? No, are you talking about networks? Or are you talking about the actual metaverse? Um, like I would think more networks just conceptually. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think that um, uh, just like the, the TV uh, and entertainment industry was uh, you know, was an oligopoly years ago of a couple main players controlling everything. And, uh, and, you know, the music industry, it was kind of like, it was all, you know, the top hits, the top shows was what everybody watched. And you can go to work and you would all talk about that one show. You know, when I went to school, we'd go back and we'd all talk about the Simpsons and, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, a big bang theory was the last greatest hit on TV. And, and, and then afterwards, the number of like people that would watch the most popular show has gone down and down and down and down. Now that doesn't mean that people are watching less TV. We're on our screens more than we'd like to admit. Um, but now there's this huge diversification of people picking and choosing, customizing their networks. Uh, you know, you could be watching a show I've never heard of and vice versa. And I think that's going to happen a little bit 
with these different networks where we're going to have all these emerging pockets serving a need uh, and then, you know, maybe growing in market share. And uh, and I'm regularly wrong about uh, networks. I, I, if I was right more than 80% of the time, I think I'd become a stockbroker and just leave digital marketing altogether, but I'm not. And so like, even, even like TikTok, you know, like TikTok, it came out of, for me, it came out of like, oh, you know, this is a nice trendy thing. It's to do with music and dancing. And so that's why it's not going to emerge through. And uh, we saw in November of uh, 2021 that TikTok has more time viewed than YouTube. And, and, and like everybody, like, you know, even at our agency, we have all these YouTube strategies and channels and this, that, the other. And we're like, excuse me, what did you just say? Like that just emerged. And, and so everything is like the viewership is going up, but it's across so many different channels. And so those type of marketers that or entrepreneurs that just want to focus on like, Hey, let's just do this. You know, let's like focus on this network. I'm it's, it's, kind of like saying, let's just invest in this one penny stock and let's see if our business survives the next three months. That's not a good idea anymore. We've got to diversify. We've got to take a look at markets. And yet it people say, well, that's harder. And I would say, well, not really, because you're not going to an auction with everybody else. You can, you can get really great ad time right now on TikTok for a fraction of the price that other networks are going. So you can win. It's just not comfortable because you have to start and do, you know, you have to start thinking about different networks and maybe you don't even have that app on your phone. So I don't know. It's like, there's going to be an adoption there. Uh, but yeah, those, those agencies, those companies that are very narrow-minded and uh, they take a long time to get onto new networks. Uh, they're going to struggle over this next uh, couple of years. I, I definitely agree with you. Um, okay, speaking of well, marketing trends, right? So, what um, what digital marketing trends? We're talking about a few of them already. Um, are you seeing currently in the industry? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like, I'd be amiss to say uh, TikTok is something that if you're not already on it, it's going to like pass right by you. Um, this is a in a fascinating network. Uh, the viewership is extremely high. The costs are uh, very low, but and this is like very, very, very particular, but you have to be creative and you have to have a video presence. And so um, sometimes video is, is something that people haven't really focused on and you've got to go there. Uh, you've got to think about emerging in that way. And so, you know, that marketing manager that signs off on a brief where all the ads are just going out for your, I don't know, your shoe sale at certain prices off. No, this guy's got to get way more involved in the brand. So that's one thing. Um, secondly, uh, there's there's been this like concept of, uh, everybody's like way more digital now and way more digitally savvy, savvy. And so automating the entire purchase process. So gone on the days where it's like, here's a generic contact form and thank you for submitting it. You were just a successful lead, you know, or, and, and just, just kind of like ending the relationship there. That's ridiculous. And so we now see that there is a consumer journey that every company has to think about. So uh, as an example, I saw one during the pandemic that was fascinating where there was a tile company. So they, they'll provide tiles for your kitchen, bathroom, et cetera. And they have all these showrooms, bricks and mortar. And, uh, and you know, pandemic happened, they're shut down. Nobody wants to go into a tile store. Nobody yeah. wants to let people into their home. So they allowed people um, to book online an appointment with a stylist for free. The stylist would come in on Zoom, go through the entire house, send them over a PDF, sell them all the tiles, right. and they actually improved their customer experience. It wasn't worse. And so, and once they opened up, they now had all their designers still staying at home doing this experience. And so the whole like automation side of the customer journey and making it 
easier and um i don't know what the like less friction all along the way we're like guys this is these are really simple things to implement but it's taken this long for companies to get there so um you know in regards to digital marketing it's more about what is your consumer journey you're sending them on than just what is your advertising method or or medium that doesn't it doesn't matter as much. It's like, if it's really easy for me to sign up with this insurance company online or buy this phone with this like video virtual assistant, um, then, then just, you know, going through the typical marketing mix, I'm going to do what's easier because I don't know, I'm lazy. So are you, so is everybody else. So we're just going to do what's easy. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's another underlying factor that I'd like to really highlight with that. And, and that is that understanding your, your your consumer and your customer's journey um, is going to enable you to see how you can utilize the new tools as they do pop up in, in, in real time in a more effective manner, rather than being like, how the hell is this going to relate to me? If you know you have a really strong customer journey and you understand what's happening at each stage of that in terms of your messaging, then you can see when you can be disruptive and use something like a TikTok, or you can just put your creativity into the right bucket. Um, rather than trying just to just to lay something completely over top of a, an existing journey that doesn't make sense. It, it just gives you um, having that foundation, I guess, in terms of understanding how your client interacts is, is going to become more and more important, mm -hmm. I think. Um, now, here's a question for you. Okay, so what's the fastest way to get better results with your marketing strategy? Awesome. Awesome. I, I love... I love that question because, um, oh, first off, I mean, you know, the other, the other way that clients pose it to us all the time is like, how do I get more for less? And you're like, okay, like, you know, great. I'm a wizard. Uh, let me call Zuckerberg and just try to get you a better like price. Right. right. Yeah. So, um, the, the fastest way is sit around a table and ask a team, how can we double our conversion rate? That's going to double your vision, uh, you know, double the amount of people coming in. That's going to double your revenue and don't leave the team until you can double it. And one of the ways that we found that we can double results um, is, you know, stop, you know, take your mind off of the technology and uh, the networks and all that stuff. Just examine your conversion point, your POC, point of conversion. What is the spot where that person is converting and how can we make it way more human? In my personal opinion, in this last year, uh, two years, the fastest way to double your marketing efforts is to integrate really good quality video. Now, I don't want to confuse this with the video ad that we were just talking about on TikTok, but uh, Unbounce in 2019 said, uh, and Unbounce is a landing page provider, they said that you can uh, increase your conversion rate by 80%, 80, 80 with a good quality video. So that's that's almost doubling. Okay, 80% is, is pretty good. So, you know, if you have a, a landing page about uh, you know, your company, I don't care if it's a recruitment campaign, you've got a recruitment video. Uh, if you've got a product campaign, you've got a quick product review. People flipping love videos. They're, they're not reading anymore. We know that. They're not going to go through all the technical specs. And if you're the person that enables a client to click play and watch that 30-second overview of a shoe and somebody's touching and feeling it, if it's a laptop, or even like, you know, if you're more in B2B sales, a customer giving a testimonial, we have to constantly remember that people don't buy products and services. They, they buy better versions of themselves and better versions of their company. And so if you can get, you know, a testimonial, something that's just up there that is real, that's not gimmicky and all that stuff, um, 
you can, you can, you know, make double on all of your marketing efforts. You can triple it just by increasing your conversion rate. So many times people will take, let's just say if you're spending 50 grand a month on ads and you have, and you're sending it to this, you know, $10,000 website. So many times people are thinking of optimizing the 50 grand where it's like, no, 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 let's look at that $10,000 website and, and just try to increase that. Cause if we can double the conversion rate, well, that 50 K is going to act like a 100 K budget and then we're winning. So that's, that's my, that's my quick answer. There's a lot of different ways, but adding video is, is certainly one that, that we've implemented just to get crazy results. Also, I think that one thing, and I don't disagree with you at all. I think, I think video is throwing gasoline on a fire. And I think that it's, it really does um, help bring the, bring your customers closer to you. And um, I think also, I think what happens is um, when people get really in their head when they're dealing with video and they don't understand that there's lots of opportunities, if you do make that initial investment to get someone to help you execute those videos um, and create them for you, there's so many new ways of being able to utilize them. And it's not like you need a freaking explainer video for every goddamn thing you have, you know, it's no. make it relevant. For example, we've had, we had a lot of success with a client that we were working with that had a TikTok ad strategy that was for their product, had someone in the product. When they clicked through, the landing page was built around TikTok content. So yeah. it made it feel like it was the same, same look and feel. I'm still talking to you. I just didn't turn into a big corporate website. And it, in just those videos, they talked to each other and they built a storyline that was UGC generated. And, and I, I, that's, that's so powerful. That's um, awesome. I'd love so, to see that landing page, by the way, afterwards, send me the link, please. I, I, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, I, it was, uh, I was really pleased with it. Um, but again, did I know that that was going to work? No, no. I thought this makes sense to me. This makes sense to what, how I want, how do I want the people that's viewing this ad to go through a journey? What, what, why are they clicking it? They're clicking it because of X. Okay. X is the first thing I'm delivering when I, when I get to that page to keep them. And then what would they, how would they leave? Okay. They would scroll out to do, okay, let's do an exit pop-up to counteract that, that continues the storyline. That's kind of tongue in cheek. And that's, how it worked for them. Luckily, that client was very out of the box, which is always a pleasure to have. Um, <laughs> it's really nice to have, especially now because I will um, I will get a, a prospective client call me up and say, okay, I need a TikTok campaign. And I'm just like, oh, okay, we're leading with this. This is a tough one. <laughs> this is gonna be uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. but we'll get there. Um, so even with video and ads, I mean, how, uh, how should, how should a business budget for marketing this year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, uh, so so budgets are are getting really strange because it used to be simple calculation. You know, you take the ten percent. Sometimes, like if it's a high um, advertising thing, it's ten percent of top line. Uh, when you're dealing with low margins, it's ten percent of your bottom line, and and you kind of go from that or your growth strategy. But um, we like to now separate it out on outcomes, uh, not on yeah. revenue, and so. We take a look at three outcomes typically. Uh, number one, uh, and th this as a marketer, I have to say that I like this is my weakness is that I always focus on the first of three buckets, which is new customers. Ooh, shiny, new. That sounds exciting. New opportunity, fantastic. Like we're marketers, we're always about net new, on demand, lead generation, get going, get in the database, add on. And so that's important. Uh, that's great to have, but that's only one bucket. So have an allocation and saying, this is how much money we're going to spend on net new customers that we want to get. 
The second uh, budget is retaining customers, right? Customer retention. People say, oh, it's so much easier to retain a customer than to get a new one. Great. What's your budget for retaining customer? Nothing. Okay, great. So you don't really care. You know, you actually don't care. And so um, you've got to figure out when when you're selling something, when you're when you're doing something with a customer, um, you know, that we know that post purchase remorse is real for people. And so after they buy it, they're already they're already starting to go cold in regards to your brand. And then when two years later, then you're knocking on the door for renewal, or if it's a repeat purchase, or if it's service, or if it's just a one-time purchase that you hope that they make in five years time, you want them to feel so good about making that purchase that they're now part of your brand. Uh, so number two is retaining. And the third one is just upselling, right? Upselling, cross-selling. And this is a market that, um, you know, as we grow our companies, um, if we're not providing the next thing that the customer can do, even if they don't want to do it, um, we know that our competitor is doing it. And so, you know, people say, well, you know, don't just upsell the customer. People don't like that. But it's like, you know what, if you're, if you're really in their lives and they're really a brand advocate, they should always be aware of what's new and upcoming, even if they can't afford it, even if they don't find it, it's interesting and just make that happen. So, you know, the, the short answer is I have no idea how to do your budget, but prioritize new customers, retaining customers and upselling customers and budget for it. A lot of times people want to do these initiatives. They want to grow their customer account. They want a, you know, huge retention rate. And then all their marketing money is going towards net new people to see their advertisements. Um, I don't know about you, but like every couple of years, I renegotiate with my main carriers, our phone carriers, our internet carriers. And the first thing I actually do is I just take a look at all their ads. And sometimes it's it's shocking because I'll like call in and like, so I I can't get the deal, like after being a customer for five years, I can't get the deal that you're advertising to net new customers. Like, and then I'm like, should I just cancel today? You know, and and, yeah. and become a new customer because you like them more. Like, you know, you like your new girlfriend mm-hmm. more than your current girlfriend. And so like let let's let's break up and and we'll mm-hmm. figure it out. And so that's something that um, I I believe as a marketer that we ignore a lot of the time and yeah. we're not even approaching our clients and saying, okay, let's work on that new, but how are your current customers doing? Can we do something for them? Um, at Kinnybox, we, we give gifts to our current customers and they're nice. Like they're nice. I'm not going to go into what they are because then people are going to try to like just become a customer, but like they are good gifts and people are like, why are you doing this? I'm like, do you know how much it would take, how much it would cost us to get you back? It's like, we're not, we're not giving you up and, uh, and customers call us just make sure that that gift is coming every year because uh, they appreciate it. So yeah, I, I think that's, that's important uh, to, to kind of budget based on outcomes. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that I, one of the, one of the things that I always ask, and it's, it's usually just to be a dick on a sales call, but like I, I went, what it will say is that if, uh, if I'll, I'll ask them, so what are your, um, what are your FAQs? Because generally, when I'm coming up with a social media narrative or a digital narrative, I like to I like to I like to problem solve for their audience first, as one of the streams. And um, if they say no, the next question is, what's your customer acquisition? What's your what's your what do you do for your current customers in order to keep them on? And they never have anything because they never talk to them and they never listen to them. Once they've processed them, it's over. And usually, by adding in that that note into an automated email, the in, like an inner circle email newsletter that's just for them, that gives them all the stuff that's just from the top of your mind that brings them like so much more value and they don't even realize it's there. But um, 
but yeah, because I it's it's interesting because I would say that um, anytime I ask that question, it's always that they do nothing for their for their customers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so they're forever throwing the money into a marketing budget, and they'll mm-hmm. do well at it, but um, they don't have to. Like good businesses are built off of um, off of advocates, mm-hmm. and so great, you're the popular flavor of the month, and then as soon as your co- competitor comes in, they're going to be in front of your customer, and and they're gone. Like they're just they've moved on. And so that's just, it's so important to, to recognize the, like, um, you know, what we as marketers call lifetime value, but that's so transactional. It's like, what is, what is this relationship worth to you? And good businesses generate advocates, not customers. And, uh, and if we are generating advocates, it means that we are regularly connecting with them, that we're personal with them. You know, even going back to, um, you know, the discussion on video, we decided to pare down, our email strategy and social strategy to one video per month. And that's it. And, you know, and, and the reason why is because, because we're not seeing physically seeing our customer on a regular basis, uh, they're not seeing us. And so we start to lose that relational equity uh, among staff, among like key customers, key accounts. And so we produce a really good video once a month, send it out to them. And, uh, and, you know, I usually have to book my day off because the rest of the day is text messages, phone calls, emails. Hey, Daryl, so good to see you. You know, your hair looks ridiculous. You know, are you too like, and just like stupid things where you're like, it's just, it's about relationships without my relationships. I wouldn't have, you know, our agency. And I know that that's, you know, uh, relationships and culture is something that cannot be copied. Uh, It is your internal competitive advantage. If you have one. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Daryl. Now, where can people learn more about you and Candybox? I mean, uh, Google is your best friend there. Uh, So just uh, Google Candybox Marketing, uh, go for it. So our Instagram page at Candybox Marketing uh, for myself. If you want uh, my, you know, digital marketing advice and occasional uh, photo of me water skiing or running, it's uh, my first name, Daryl, which is spelled D-A-R-R-E-L-L and then K. So Daryl K on Instagram. And uh, yeah, they, they can take a look at us there. Uh, we just launched a new website, you know, which as agencies, we always put uh, on the back burner for a while. So oh, yeah. please be nice uh, when you're on it and uh, drop us a line. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just really about getting real with people now. People are lonely. They like phone calls. They like emails. They like video. And we just got to stop the, uh, the noise that's out there because people just actually want to deal with companies that, that they love working with. Yeah, totally, totally, totally agree with you 100%. Um, Daryl, thanks so much for joining us on the Bulletproof Marketer. Um, definitely check Daryl out on Insta, on his website, et cetera. And then, hey, I'm still doing a show and you're still listening. So come back after the break and I'll talk to you more. All right, I have a pretty picky pet. Our golden doodle, Olive, is leaning pretty heavy on the poodle side and is pretty picky about her food. You know, that is until she tried Square Pet. Okay, before she tried Square Pet, we've given her like 14 different types of food. And, and but we've let, we've let her try it out for a while. We're not changing them every day. Don't, don't be a hater. But uh, we gave her a Square Pet and she gobbled it up and is totally eating only that now, which is great because it's a healthy, all natural pet nutrition that's been developed by veterinary professionals using only the highest quality and responsibly sourced ingredients. There are solutions for both dogs and cats. You know, I, I'm, I'm not biased. Dogs or cats, everyone's welcome. As well as specialized diets that are backed by science. I'm so overprotective of Olive and I want to treat her like a queen. 
So Square Pets, it is, folks. Learn more and order a bag to try out today at mysquarepet.com. Again, mysquarepet.com. Woof. So, okay, oh, we're back. I'm telling you, right? I, Shreya and Paul have it going on. I, I, I really enjoyed our, our chat with them. Um, I, I hope that a lot of the concepts that they were talking about landed because foundational pieces are really, really important in terms of how you grow your entire narrative and your storyline and your pipeline and your customer journey, which we talked about. And this is where I wanted to, I wanted to kind of add in the silver bullet section a little bit earlier than I normally do, because I do feel that it ties into that foundational piece. And you have to, the silver bullet for us this week is going to be to constantly be learning. Now, I know it's, it's kind of philosophical and it's not the fan, most fantastic thing I could say to you, but we're talking about NFTs, for example, Web 3.0. We're talking about all of these different things that are kind of going out in the ether and things that we think are going to be flash in the pan. Oh, Clubhouse. Oh, Clubhouse sucks. I mean, Clubhouse, I, I, in my own opinion, I think it sucked. But that's me. Um, but did I think the concepts that were within Clubhouse? No, I didn't think they sucked. I thought what I could do is learn from that platform. And obviously they're making, they made lots of mistakes and they're not, it's not the most uh, like interesting of platforms, but that social audio element was a real wake up call to me so that I could start thinking about how social audio could be incorporated into campaigns. So while what's being pitched to you as the next big thing may not never be the next big thing, there's an element of that you should really take take advantage of. That's why I say dive into these, these subjects matters that are a little bit more challenging or not super accessible to you because they're a little bit too geeky or a little bit too techy or a little bit too financially driven. Um, I'm the same way. I don't respond really well to any of those topics, but I have to force myself. And I do it, if I have to educate myself, I'll do it first thing in the morning. First thing before I have to get into everything, because I, I'm a big fan of the um, eat the frog mentality, where you do the thing that is the absolute worst first, or the thing, not the absolute worst, the thing you're looking forward to the least first. So again, always be learning is the silver bullet today. Constantly be looking at these concepts. And if you see something that you don't understand, don't push it to the side, put it into a reading list. Start cultivating some sort of lists on that. Again, this is why the Bulletproof Marketer exists. Our newsletter grabs a lot of these topics and throws them in front of you. So again, please do subscribe if you want this direct, directly in your inbox, but there's lots of newsletters that can offer you best types of information. You can find ones that are specifically around NFTs, Web 3.0, or any new concept that's coming out, Metaverse, and just start cycling through them in the morning. Just start reading a little bit. Rome wasn't built in a day, and 80% of marketers don't even understand what the hell the freaking Metaverse is. So we're not alone. So that's kind of like a, the, the, the Stockholm Syndrome segment that we're not going to be able to get to today, but just always be learning. It's really going to help you out. Um, it sure has helped me. Um, okay, so after the break, oh my gosh, I'm excited about this one too. Um, we'll be talking to um, Daryl Kieser. He's the CEO and founder of Candybox Marketing. And we're going to be talking about trends, metaverse, all everything and in between. So after the break, more with me, of course, I'm hosting this, and Daryl from Candybox. Okay, 
And we are back, folks. What a fantastic show. So did you, uh, isn't Daryl great? I mean, I told you, I kind of teased it, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't spoil it, but he's, he's fantastic. Um, and uh, really, really great ideas. Love talking to other marketers that know their shit and are authentic and are focused on the, the betterment of their clients. I just love that. And same thing with Shreya and Paul earlier on. Fantastic. They, they know what they're talking about and they are taking it back to square one, not square one meaning like building block one, but the foundation that builds all of their success that you build your customer journey off of. It's There's just so many important concepts. And so I was so lucky to be able to talk to these uh, folks today to um, interview them on your behalf, audience. So I hope you got a lot out of those interviews and please do look them up. All of their links are gonna be on the show description. Um, we went through some great, um, great, great trends in the trend spotter. Um, if you would like to learn more about any of those trends, um, all of this content is available on our website, gosalesandmarketing.com, and our newsletter, The Bulletproof Marketer, which you can sign up there through our show and through our Twitter feed if you want to check that out as well. All right, folks, um, it's been fantastic speaking to you as per always. Um, so from me, The Bulletproof Marketer, be kind, be authentic. Be bulletproof. Until next time, folks.